raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. You can text us at 704-570-9610. That is the Garage Door Guru text line, and we appreciate you listening to us from 12 to 3. And then we appreciate you continuing to listen to WFNZ when Kyle Bailey hops on alongside Smoke Ludwig. We're going to be talking a lot about the Charlotte Hornets today, going at it from different angles. A lot of storylines from last night. Not very good ones, to be honest with you. Sometimes we try to bring the positive, upbeat type of stuff. It's really hard after last night losing to the Detroit Pistons, the only team below you in the Eastern Conference standings. They just lost their star in Cade Cunningham, and Charlotte gained their star in LaMelo Ball. It was not enough in the end, and Steve Clifford told you all about it. This was a rough one for the Charlotte Hornets. I don't see any reason to wait. We already pulled up, and I know Fiddy is feeling really good. I know that he was talking. Oh, he's fired up, uh, though. He it was is. a quick conversation before we came in here that you weren't privy to. Okay. And it got him pretty fired up talking about the Carolina offensive coordinator situation, Drake May, NIL, player control. So, yeah, it could get funky in here today. Now, I'm, I'm so excited. I always like getting funky on a radio station. And the thing <laughs> is... Fiddy is feeling great. I did not hear your conversation, but we are going to upload our content at the end, WFNZ.com. You can also catch our Twitter handle, at Wesson Walker. I do always forget how to spell it, though. Wes, can you tell me how? W-E-S-A-N-D-W-A-L-K-E-R. We need 500 followers by the end of the week, and we might send you $5. For the $5, it changes. Look, yesterday's price, it is not today's price. So if you do it tomorrow, you might... Figure out something a little bit better. Might get more, but there's only one way to lock in some yeah. money. You got to yeah, find. Yeah, we need 500. Hit that follow button. How are you feeling, Fiddy? You ready to roll, baby? You ready to pull up to the scene? This is the best I have felt and looked all season or all, all week long. All season long, and, too. And uh, after <laughs> last night's game, and then that presser afterwards. Let's just say I've got some things to say about our Charlotte Hornets. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you feel and look as good as you have in a while. I feel and look as bad as I have in a while, but it doesn't matter because Fiddy's going to be carrying the energy all day today. Wes Bryant with the grunt. It's another great grunt this week. I think you've had your top two grunts this week. Yeah, We'll be hearing it on Friday. Enough talk. He stopped. The bus driver, he's parked. It's time to get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Let's start it off with a text from Fluke Juki saying Clifford should have never been rehired. And Steve Clifford, I'm not sure if he even wanted to be rehired if he knew this is what he would be getting from his Charlotte Hornets the second time around. The Hornets lose to the Detroit Pistons in overtime, 141 to 134. 
the main story, probably LaMelo returning. Also, looking damn good. Specifically, offensively, LaMelo looked very good, not having to knock off any rust like he did the first time he returned from injury. But the other storylines, and there are quite a few, a couple of them are, they allowed 141 points to Detroit, who is not a good offensive team, especially without Cade Cunningham. Charlotte themselves, they scored quite a bit in 134, but they only scored seven in overtime once LaMelo Ball fouled out, which is also a problem. Defensively, they did not look good. Steve Clifford didn't think so either, and he told you about it for about a minute and a half. So you don't even have to ask questions. Until until we care about something besides how many points we score, we're not going to win much. (laughs) Can't play like that. I mean, we scored. Our offense was good. That's... Five out of the last seven games, we've been pretty good on offense. We are playing no defense, not one guy. There's not a bright spot. We don't run back on defense. We don't guard the ball, our pick and roll stuff. All stuff that was good, I think we were as high as like 12th or 13th in defense about 10 games ago. And we're right back to where we started ground zero. All we want to be is let's try to outscore the other teams. Doesn't work in the NBA unless you're, well, actually it never works. Okay. So what I just told them. This is either you build a game that will actually work at the end of the year when you play the important games or you don't. That's it. That's what the NBA is all about, okay? It's not that we don't have the talent to do it. All we care about is scoring. That's it. And if you're going to try to play like that, you better have like five all-stars. We don't have that kind of talent. (laughs) So it's not something that will work. We're either going to decide to get back to playing with a defensive effort. It's It's not that we're not trying to win. As we go about it all wrong, okay? I mean, watch team after team, right? There's always a team every year that they get there, and what happens? They get drilled because they don't have a game. They don't have the right kind of game. You can't just outscore people in the NBA. You can't. You can't. And you can't decide that you're not going to do the things that take effort, like rebounding or getting loose balls or putting your body in front of the ball. You can't. It just doesn't work that way. And that's what we're trying to do right now, all right? B-Money texted in, Clifford could throw Clifford the big red dog on the court, and they still wouldn't have a rim protector. They still would not play any defense. (laughs) Here are the things I want to know from that press conference. He said, all we care about is how many points we score. We won't win that way. We're playing no defense. We don't get back. We're right back to where we started, ground zero. And then it got even better from there towards the last half of the minute and a half press conference. You either build a game to where you can win contests at the end of the season or you don't because there is a team every year that gets to the play-in slash playoff and then they get drilled because they only got there playing offense. You can maybe do that if you have five all-stars, but as he says, we don't have five all-stars on this team. They don't have that kind of talent, and they will get drilled if they don't build a game at the end. Man, Steve Clifford was hot. If you know anything about Steve Clifford from his first stint, you know that this is who he is. This is someone that is not going to sugarcoat anything. Someone that is going to tell you exactly what is on his mind, which is why the only part of me that got excited I was okay with the rehiring. I didn't think it was very planned. I would have rather gone in a different direction, but so many different crazy things happened this offseason. Whatever. Didn't love it, but this is what it was. I was excited 
about these press conferences that were going to come about because this was always going to happen. Now, it happens at a really bad time during the season because it's a loss to Detroit, and it's their worst loss of the year by far. You can't lose to the team, the only team below you in the Eastern Conference standings. You can't lose when LaMelo comes back, and they just played without Kate Cunningham. But Steve Clifford told you what he thought was the truth, what I think is the truth. Wes, we'll go to you. What do you think of Steve Clifford's press conference? I loved it. I was sitting there. I didn't expect it. I was nice and relaxed, and I expected him to come on and just give us a nice you know, laid back version of what happened and he was on fire. I loved it. This team just can't get right. If they do play decent defense, the offense might not be there or vice versa. Last night, just five turnovers. They hit a season high 17 threes. They scored 22 points. They off took 51. Of Detroit turnovers. Yes, That's they crazy. did take, but they did. Yeah. yeah. But they got that. But as I said, in the overtime, you give up 57% shooting from the field and 50% from three from the Pistons. Why even show up if that's the type of defense you're going to play in overtime? And he just it keeps being the same things over and over. Opponents second chance points. They rank 30th in the NBA. Opponents rebounds per game. They're 28th in the NBA. It's just the same things over and over. It hurt them with a red-hot shooting Pistons team last night that regardless if they scored 134 points, it just wasn't enough. And then overtime, they just spit it up. Yeah, I'm interested that he was mad at Steve Clifford after what that press conference entailed last night. I feel like we got to a little bit more cerebral conversation today than it was last night in the heat of the moment. I felt like we had a good conversation about what Steve Clifford had to say. Fiddy, the floor is yours, though, man. You can go to the foul line if you feel let's like Let's go. Fouling. Get a crack. Let's, let's, hit, let's hit it. Let's see what you got. Look, in premise, what is what he's saying is wrong? Absolutely not. Their defensive effort sucks. Their pick-and-roll defense sucks. Is he ever going to blame himself for why they're not a better defensive team? That hasn't happened. And one of the biggest reasons why he got rehired was because the belief was that given the offensive firepower, you improve this defense to just average, this team could still compete for a, a top six seed in the East or a play-in spot. I know stuff off the court has really hurt them with Miles Bridges and the litany of injuries this team has faced. It's his job to make them become better defenders. And if not, hold them accountable. And that just that doesn't happen. You, you don't see guys getting willingly benched. And you don't hear him blaming yourself himself. And there's nothing I get more frustrated as a sports fan than when my team plays bad and hearing my coach never take any of the blame. It was they, they, they. It was we whenever we're trying to win, but when all the stuff is going south, it's they. You're part of the problem, Steve. So the problem is, <clears throat> excuse me, because this is going to be a theme all show long as it has all week, but he did say we in a lot of that press conference. When it came and to scoring and trying to win the game. Yeah, he said we're playing no defense. We don't get back. We're right back to where we started from ground zero. You either build a game or you don't. And I guess, I mean, I don't know how much of the we and they stuff. Like, I, I understand that a part of this does become accountability for the coach. My dif my thing is, there were so many people using this as some kind of saving grace as to why James Borrego should never have been fired in the first place. And 
I think when we try to make that connection with JB, that's when it all goes haywire. Because JB isn't doing anything differently with this squad as given to Steve Clifford right now. Offensively, they were great last year. LaMelo Ball's played four games this season for the Charlotte Hornets. They haven't scored anything less than 113 points. They averaged about 115 last year with James Borrego at the helm, and they've had LaMelo four times. They're averaging more than that with LaMelo at the helm. Problem is, defensively, it's just not working, and you're relying on even younger guys when Bryce McGowan has to get playing time, when Teo Maladone and Kai Jones have to get playing time. I'm not here to say that this is an indictment on the organization for firing JB. I'm not here to say that this is an indictment on the organization for rehiring Steve Clifford. What I am here to say is that this is a personnel problem, and right now, you're seeing a personnel, a group of guys that can't play defense for two different coaches at this point. This is the reason why it might be time to go ahead and view that trade deadline and send some guys out for draft picks and see what you can do at the end of the season and in the offseason regarding Wimby, Scoot, Nick Smith, any of those guys that are going to come in and change the franchise. Well, another thing, too, I think this locker room needs a makeover. I think this this is just an immature basketball team. When you look at them, you know, on the court and off, the things that we've seen, you know, Melo driving out of the Spectrum Center like a maniac, uh, guys coming in dressed ski mask all the time like they're not, you know, professionals, and they're out there looking like they're going to rob banks and different stuff like that. It's ridiculous, man. And and, and this is stuff like we talked about with Miles, the leaning the weed, the rapping, and just all the different stuff that they have going on uh, that's not becoming to being a professional. And they just need some nastiness in that locker room. They like each other too much. They won't get on each other. Somebody in that locker room needs to step up with, with that KG mentality, that Isaiah Thomas mentality, just that Giannis mentality, just straight nasty dog that, yeah, we boys, but we're going to start winning or else we're going to scrap in this locker room and we're going to be getting some reports or some fisticuffs going on in the locker room. And I've been saying that before. I told people, you know, all the time when I talked to Greg Popovich last year pregame, and JB would say it as well. They said a lot of these young guys that come in the league, if they're not hitting shots, they're not interested in playing defense. Last night, the Hornets were hitting shots, still weren't interested in playing defense. Because there just isn't a nastiness, a a win-at-all-cost desire in a lot of these young guys. And I hate getting on that, you know, back-in-the-day things or anything like that. But it just isn't. A lot of these guys, this is just a different caliber guy that comes in the league now. They're concerned about social media, how they look, their highlights, what they could do, what they can get, what endorsements <laughs> they get. They don't, they're, they're not just... It's not life or death for them to win NBA championships and to be known as a winner. They're cool with getting 30 points, being on House of Highlights every night, getting dunks and crossovers, and getting a a, a shoe deal or some type of deal. And, and that's the main problem. They need some vets in this locker room. I watch and I listen to NBA podcasts all the time where guys talk about how this is a younger league now. They're ushering in, ushering out a lot of the older players, and that's missing. They need vets. They need guys to get on them, and they need guys to show them how to win and how to play hard each and every night on both ends of the floor. We have plenty of time to talk about the Charlotte Hornets, and we'll get to it later on in the show. We do need to discuss the Carolina Panthers, <sighs> though, and an interesting rumor about Mike Tomlin and how David Tepper might be interested in someone that he worked with back in his Pittsburgh days. Can Steve Wilkes be to Carolina what Mike Tomlin was to Pittsburgh, or is David Tepper just going to go get Tomlin himself? We'll talk about that coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
Jam studio that I love. Everybody is dancing right now. I felt good about that segment. Everybody just going off their rant. And that was like clockwork. All right, Wes, you go off. Fitty, you go off. I go off. I disagree with Fitty, but it don't matter. We're moving. We're flowing. This is Wes of Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Uh, that I just, I've ruined it, though, because yeah. I made Fitty mad. Why yeah. did I make you mad, Well, Fitty? because, like, you, you know. I just said I disagree. We can disagree. But you, you thought all of my anger was just at the Hornets. No, some of my anger does exist towards you. Because I did the respectful thing last night in the group chat. I asked to come on the podcast, your your beautiful platform. Oh, well, thank you. And and you just, you just shot me down like a girl on Tinder. What did I say? You just said no. And you just completely just did, you know, just. Hold on. Yeah. I yeah, go ahead. Pull up. Yeah, you want to pull it up? Uh, yeah. Not anymore. You seem way too confident. Did, uh, I, did I say no or did I just not say anything? I said, uh, I said, Walker. I didn't say no. I said, I Walker, can I come on the podcast to bitch about Clifford? And then both of you and Wes had a lot of texts in a row. So you scrolled down and I said, Fitty, you can go off tomorrow if you want. LOL. That wasn't, but you never addressed the podcast. I also didn't say no. But by not addressing, is that also a form of not saying no, Wes Bryant? Let's go to Wes, okay? Does he have reason to actually be mad at me if my response was, Fitty, you can go off tomorrow if you want to, LOL. And not have him on a podcast. I didn't say that, though. I just said you can go off. And that's exactly what we did. Fitty got to go off on Steve Clifford. Yeah, I don't think Fitty should be mad. Thank you. (laughs) Damn you, Wes. (laughs) You've made three different sounds. As I was going through my rant after you did in the first segment, you almost were on beat. We were kind of going like a metronome because you were, you kept doing that after I was saying something you disagreed with. I want to go back to see just how on beat your size of despair were because it was pretty close to it. And we are giving you some more soul as we play the roots, as we play some of these songs. I wanted to come in happy, though, because everybody was dancing and nobody cared. And that's exactly the type of environment that I want to work in. And it's exactly the type of environment I want people to listen to. You can also share your thoughts and comments on the Garage Door Guru text line. Should I keep going? Fitty 704-570-9610 is the number you can text. If you want. Oh. There you <laughs> Thank you. I was about to go into no man's land there. Uh, Logo704, he did text in and said, Fitty should be mad. You didn't reply. No reply is a reply. You ignored him. So Logo704, uh, taken up for you. Um, Brian said, Fitty can't take rejection, it seems. I oh, know. yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> that was so strong. The bagel guy, he said, I love when Wes preaches. Quote from, white men can't jump. You rather look good and lose than look bad and win. That's somebody that agrees with you, Wes. We also can go to a couple of other texts that people wrote in about their frustration with the Charlotte Hornets team, and we can do so um, a little bit later on in the show. Casey Steve said the Hornets are a dumpster fire in a volcano that's wrapped in explosives. It's hot garbage. Yeah, he went way off. And then uh, Scott, the XFL honk, he wrote in, you can't make players want to play defense. I think that was in response to Fitty being mad at Steve Clifford. One more thing on Steve. I see you shaking your head, and then we'll move on to the Carolina Panthers. Fitty, what did you want to say to Scott, the XFL? XFL honk about saying you can't make players want to play defense. Do do you believe that? As as a guy that loves basketball, do you believe that you? Because look, is it an oh, effort you're trying thing? Trying to butter me up in the NBA. Like like it it is it an effort thing? Yes. Is there a te- 
you can make guys play defense because you can sit their ass on the bench. So not in the NBA. Well, bull crap. No, you you can. I actually do think this is a good convo though because the the problem with this team right now is you can't go to anybody else. Please go look at the last ten box scores of the Charlotte Hornets team. I know it's a lot, but just go look at them and then go see the guys that are on the bench available to you. You don't have anyone. I mean, they're playing two-way contracts, and to put it in perspective, I think Teo Maladon has actually been playing extremely well for his role. I mean, not getting to an all-star game, right? right. I don't want to get the Dennis Smith Jr. treatment. Yeah. I get excited about guys <laughs> that play well in their role, but I do think Teo Maladon has been playing awesome in his two-way contract role, and he's already obliterated two-way contract records for the Charlotte Hornets team combined. You're having to rely on that guy. You're having to rely on Bryce McGowan's a second round pick this past season as a rookie because James Booknight couldn't give you enough as a first round pick in the lottery a year prior. And Steve Clifford gave him enough opportunity. I just, I don't think that you have any answer on the roster and that's a good old Ron Rivera ism, right? The answers on the roster. When we would talk about what this Panthers team would need, man, you don't have that with this Hornets roster, especially when everybody is so hurt. I mean, Wes, we, we were talking about this during the break. This roster, with all of the injuries, not when LaMelo comes back, not when Gordon, right? Because that that is a play-in contender. I don't think play-off. I do think play-in contender. But when they don't have all those guys and when they've endured the injuries they have, I think it's actually, by a long shot, the worst roster in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And And Detroit has some young talent. But some of those young guys are starting to grow older. Beef Stew, hell, he's someone that's in his third year now. Killian Hayes, finally starting to put it together. Detroit has a bad roster. I don't want to get it twisted as as far as it stands currently. But when the Hornets have to go to second rounders so consistently, I yeah, it, it's been really rough for Steve Clifford. And that's my only thing. Like, I, I don't even think you're so wrong about saying Steve Clifford should share some of this responsibility, saying, look, I can't coach these guys well enough. I get that. Totally. Problem is, I just don't think you can find the answer on the roster, West. Well, one thing I will say in accordance with what Fiddy was saying, as far as you can make guys sit on a bench, and I was saying not in the NBA, and I say that to say one problem with this era of basketball, how many coaches in the NBA right now, head coaches, have the cachet to be able to do that, what Fiddy is saying? There's no Phil Jacksons. There's no Chuck Daly types. There's no, you know, some of those coaches. The only one you have really is Steve Kerr because he's earned that from winning championships. But how many of the top teams in this sport have a coach that command, you know, that type of respect? Now, of course, the players should respect their coach, but I'm saying they have that real, real respect to where they could bench a star player and it be okay and them not get fired. I mean, you look at it. There, there, there's not a lot of coaches walking around the NBA right now. Well, Greg Popovich is in struggling San Antonio. I mean, he's probably the last of a dying breed right now. Uh, as far as guys, now there, there may be some guys who earn that over time, but as far as right now, I don't see a lot of coaches who have the type of cachet to be able to dominate a roster where they can do things like that, like benching stars. My, my thing is, you think Steve Clifford, after that press conference, cares about who he benches? Mm-hmm. I don't think he cares at all. You just don't have anybody else you can go to. Right. I mean, if you, okay, who are you mad at for not playing defense last but, night? Could you really see him benching Mello for not playing defense? Oh, but and I will say that would be a stupid decision. You can't bench Mello. He's, the offense that he showed last night, it's a different level. 
like as much as we can get mad at the defense and you can get all sorts of mad as much you know, as you I want like to. the offense. I mean, you can slack off a little bit on, D yeah, on my yeah. team if you can hoop. Right. Uh, no, but you're right, though. LaMelo, man, that guy was special. It sucks because we can't talk about that today. We can't talk about how crazy LaMelo is on offense, man. I mean, passing up an open three-pointer, dribbling to the corner. I'll fire too, yeah. Fade away, contested, step back, Drano. And then did you see that pass he made where he looked off it's and then nuts. hit Ubro in the corner? Oh, you mean Ubro. across? Uh, uh, <laughs> Ubre in the corner. Across court? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. What LaMelo can do with the basketball in his hands, it's absolutely nuts. Yeah. And so some of this is just going to have to be on the players, right? Mm-hmm. Like, LaMelo can't be benched. because it starts with him, though. Because it's stupid, okay? Like, you, no, no coach thinks, oh, yeah, we'll bench LaMelo and that'll help us win. Nah. Yeah. It, but it starts with a guy with LaMelo. I agree. LaMelo needs to walk in the locker room. We winning or we scrapping. <laughs> One of the two. That's how it needs to go down. That, that's what I'm talking about. We and winning or we scrapping. The, the thing is, too, when I, I do think there is some of this leadership aspect i think people are way sideways when they want to get mad at gordon hayward for miles bridges being arrested for felony domestic violence nah man if you, if you want to get mad at gordon hayward for leadership fine but not because of what happens off of the court like james book Knight having an arrest miles bridges gordon hayward has absolutely nothing to do with that so i'm not here for that if you want to talk about gordon and terry not organizing the team enough to play basketball in a respectful sense on defense fine like that's why bismack biombo was actually a pretty nice addition i didn't think he should play all that much mm-hmm. but biombo had those guys respect Lamelo constantly preached how much biz meant to that team so many other players did too but I don't know if they're really saying that about Gordon and Terry. And sometimes guys just aren't built, and it's okay. But it's why so many of these tanking teams go about it the wrong way. You can't just be Phoenix before the Chris Ball acquisition and just have a whole bunch of young guys out there because then they don't learn anything. I don't think it was a coincidence. Once they traded for Chris Paul, a veteran that knows the game as well as anybody, that's when they launched. That's not a coincidence. It's because you got a leader in there finally, rather than having to rely on 23-year-olds to lead. And that's what they're kind of doing right now. And so veterans are going to have to come aboard this roster, and that falls on the GM, Mitch Kupchak, who has done some nice things, but he hasn't finished the job yet. And Phoenix is a good example, and I'm glad that you brought up Chris Paul because, yeah, he's not well liked like that, but CP doesn't care. He's going to say what needs to be said. He's going to get on guys. He's going to bark so on right. guys. Yep. And that's missing from a lot of these guys in the NBA. And But that is what you need, especially on a roster with guys who haven't been there, done that, who are not veterans. And, you know, and even LeBron, people talked about that with him. Like, LeBron's a leader, but he doesn't. That's one of the reasons why we're not going to get off on that. Please but don't. just his passive-aggressive stuff through social media and all that. But LeBron is a guy that, that – isn't necessarily confrontational, I will say. But I think that you need some type of confrontational figure on that roster. That's why you see the Lakers go out and get a Pat Beverly, uh, that type of guy. You need that. Finney and I were talking when we were all talking pre-show about Draymond. Draymond's antics get old. Now, he doesn't have to do a ton because Golden State, they are professionals. They're big They're, they're big boys. They, they come to work and do what's necessary. But you need a confrontational guy like Draymond that when things are going south, he's going to come in there and bark on some people. In sports, you need that. You have to have that, especially at the professional level when there's so much at stake, man. And so that's that's something that's really missing. And I don't see a guy on that roster that's doing that. I don't know that they can go out. They need to go out and find that. That's why I kind of like Isaiah Thomas 
being added to that roster last year totally and Harold no, being added example. to that roster as well because Harold was a guy that, you know, things aside, you know, we <laughs> but anyway, he but Harold was a guy, weed, no doubt. I mean, <laughs> was three, a guy three pounds of weed and trapping apparently. Lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And so, um, but he brought some nasty. It was yeah, fun. That's what I'm saying. But he was a guy that was going to say what needed to be said, even though he didn't play much defense himself. So, so this is what that's uh, needed. All right, we need to. We'll, we'll get to Carolina Panthers. I, I promise. But there's a <laughs> lot going on. This was this was a real big turning point for the Hornets, though. It was like this deserves the light of day here. Yeah. Because you lost to the worst team in the Eastern Conference when you got your star back, and he played well. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And you know what? You got one more game left before you hit the road trip out on the West Coast, yeah. and you got teams. That you're going to be like a 5, 7, 10-point underdog against every single one of those squads. That's just how it is. And you I'm couldn't beat you Detroit. Right Ooh, man, that is just so disrespectful yeah. for yeah. you to say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, this team, the way it happened, I think Coach Clifford would almost rather lose a defensive type of game than to lose the way that they lost. Because it's I mean, about last building night. a team at the end I mean, of you year. look at the third quarter. The, the Pistons shot 59% from the field, 42 from three. The Hornets shot 40 and 23, respectfully. But an NBA team giving up 59% from the field. They shot 51% in the first half. I mean, it's like for a professional team to surrender those type of numbers, that type of efficiency, you're not playing any defense. It's like the all-star game out there. It is. Well, and, and yeah, the the offense, they were chucking up a lot of shots. And some guys were missing, except for LaMelo, for the most part. Terry Rozier is still not a good offensive game, right? I mean, they put up a lot of shots, so you're going to score a lot of points. But you're also giving up a lot of possessions when you miss as many as you do. I mean, can somebody shove somebody after a shot? Can I see somebody hit a shot and get crunked and just start cursing and push somebody? Can we get into an altercation out there? Something. All right. You you brought up a lot of good points. I do want to talk about Isaiah and Montrez and not having some of these veterans because they didn't replace them. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, you you brought back Cody Martin. That was it on your free agent acquisition tour. Mm -hmm. That was absolutely it. Dennis Smith Jr. is 24. Maybe a little bit of a journeyman, but not because he's been an experienced guy that people are wanting to trade for. It's because he's been someone that is trying to be a reclamation project. We'll get to that in just a moment. Let's hit on at least one Panther topic before before we visit the campus corner and let's talk about Steve Wilkes, because I think a lot of people are drawing comparisons about Mike Tomlin. Now it could be that you have a black head coach with Steve Wilkes and one with Mike Tomlin, but also you have the Pittsburgh uh, connection. You also have the David Tepper connection. We also, I think heard from Mike Florio who discussed how maybe David Tepper would go after Mike Tomlin via a trade where you try to acquire him and, if they did fire him up in Pittsburgh, if this thing completely goes south, even though I don't think that's going to happen, then Tomlin would be sought after from every NFL franchise, especially one that has an owner that worked with him in Pittsburgh. Steve Wilkes was asked about Mike Tomlin, and here he is discussing the head coach up with the Steelers. I think he's smart. I think, you know, highly intelligent. Uh, I think, you know, his players feed off of him. I think he is uh, well prepared and his, and his players and his team are well prepared. So, again, you know, when you look at his body of work and the things that he's accomplished, you know, at an early age in his career and continue to be consistent, which we all strive for, I think is, is phenomenal. Yeah, and of course, they're going to be playing Pittsburgh this weekend. It will be a tough coach to out-coach with this roster, even if Carolina is playing so well. 
A lot of rumors about Tepper going after Tomlin. Do you think there's any shot that Carolina could end up with him? And I'll ask you this, if they can't, which is most likely, do you think Steve Wilkes can be that CEO type of coach and provide some consistency for this team? As far as them having a shot of getting Tomlin? Hell no. He ain't leaving one of the flagship franchise of the NFL, a place where you become a made man, a place where a championship makes you just one of the the league's all-time great coaches and with what he's done in his tenure and just what he means to that city and that franchise. No, there's no way. He would absolutely have to be just sick of Pittsburgh and right. want a new challenge, but he's got a challenge in front of him now with where the Steelers are, bringing them back uh, to dominance. So he's got his work cut out for him there, but there's no way you leave one of the all-time great franchises. And that takes a lot for me to say because I hate the Steelers almost as much as the Panthers. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, maybe more. All right. Is that, I can't stand the Steelers. So the Panthers are 31 and and you might have, what about the Cowboys? What do they bring? They're like, they kind of all like one, a one B one C. But still, as fans, they get on my nerves the most. They're so arrogant. Well, they're everywhere. And they're so arrogant. They just talk so much like You do have the black and gold on today. Are you repping the Steelers going Not at all. <laughs> I did love the song Black and Yellow, though, by Wiz Khalifa. I did love that song a lot. And I did think that was pretty hype when he performed that at the playoff game. But anyway... Uh, but just saying that, do I think Wilkes can be well, like him? I, I think somebody wrote in, and I think people make the comparison as well because 704 number writes in the text line, Walker, Wilkes, and Tomlin communicate the same. Straight shooters, no nonsense. They yeah. call it like they see it. And I think you do have the very no-nonsense, firm voice. I think Tomlin's even more candid, though, than Wilkes is. And I think Wilkes may get that way if he gets the job. He doesn't have the comfort but yet. But Tomlin, right? yeah, Do- Tomlin's a pretty uh, Wilver. Did you see the clip of him when he was walking out in a fan? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I think, though, a CEO type of coach, I think, is needed. I like that in a head coach, a CEO type of guy. Um, Do I think we already have that in Wilkes? I mean, you know, it remains to be seen if he can have that type of success. But just as far as the demeanor, what he brings to a team, I think guys enjoy playing for him. I think guys would enjoy playing uh, for him. So I think they do share a lot of similar characteristics in that. The straight shooter you talked about, guys appreciate that. And I've said it from the jump, intangibly, just his personality. He just strikes me as a guy's guy, a leader, a guy that's going to uh, put the onus on the players to live up to what he wants them to. And if they don't, you know, he's going to treat it like a business and get you out of here. But uh, I, I do think Wilkes is a clone, not a clone, but definitely a uh, a Tomlin type of guy. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's okay. Somebody that has not, I believe, had a losing season his entire tenure so far. We'll see what happens this year. That's a crazy stat in the NFL for you and and I think they've won different ways in Pittsburgh. They've won with their defense being the strong suit. They've won with having just an unbelievable offense with the three Bs: Ben, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Offensive line good, offensive line bad. It doesn't matter. You find the strength, and then you find a way to build on that to win games. Steve Wilkes found the strength of this team, the offensive line, decided to say, this is our identity, damn it. Stop throwing the football, and actually we're going to give it to Deontay Foreman and then even Chuba Hubbard this last game. We'll talk more about the Panthers coming up. We'll visit the campus corner as well, and we'll also go to the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? Well, it gets bad to worse for the Golden State Warriors, who lost last night to Indiana. 
fell to two and thirteen on the road, and Walker Mail's MVP, Steph Curry, oh, yeah, the injured his left shoulder. He is set for an MRI. If he is set to miss, you know, just a a, a substantial amount of time. Yeah. Are the Warriors in a position to stay afloat till he comes back to get back in the postseason and defend their championship? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) I think they deserve the benefit of the doubt, given how this team has been able to win before. I know they didn't the year that they were actually able to get James Wiseman, but also we can look at injuries, right? That team went through all sorts of injuries and they were among the worst teams in the NBA because you didn't have Steph, you didn't have Clay, you didn't have Draymond who also would sit out. So that was really tough. I do think that Golden State would be able to get to the play-in, and then if they get to the play-in, nobody wants to see the Warriors. That's as dangerous a team as you could possibly see in the play-in tournament. This really sucks, though, because I think it hurts his MVP candidacy, and that guy is putting up absolutely bonkers numbers right now. The only reason he's not number one on everybody's ballot is because Golden State's record isn't quite there. I think it depends on how long he is out. I think if he is out for a month plus, I think this is a death blow to the Golden State Warriors. I've said all season long, I felt like something was up in that locker room from the, the Draymond Jordan Poole stuff. Now, Jordan Poole's going to really show if he's worth all that money they gave him at this point. He's been playing Curry, well lately. Yeah, if Curry is out for an extended period of time, though, it's a lot different when it's yeah. on you. And as far as Curry's playmaking and how he makes that offense roll, uh, but Golden State 2-13 and 13 away from home. You lose Curry for a month. He's been carrying them. I know Clay has really been turning back into the Clay we know and love as of recently. But I think if you lose Stephen Curry at this juncture for more than a month, it's a wrap. Golden State is going to miss the playoffs, in my opinion. All right, North Carolina has a new offensive coordinator. We tell you who it is, and we tell you if we like it. Coming up next, Wesson Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 FM. the campus corner on the Wesson Walker show sports radio 927 WFNZ. I swear one of these days it's going to happen. I'm going to knock on wood just so I don't upset any of the gods that allow us to be healthy, but we have not been healthy on this show. Wes, you got over your sickness and yet yeah, it's been me and Fitty that have been struggling for a large portion now. Like, <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at that point where I'm just completely done being sick. I'm tired of it. I got better and then I got worse. Fitty was playing some sound, bringing us in. His eyes are watering because he just sneezed something serious <laughs> over there. <laughs> you know, I enjoy sneezing. All Is right. that weird? You got, you got to explain. Yeah. I mean, you can't just drop I that enjoy in. it. I, I really do, man. I, especially if I'm in the privacy of my own home, I do like sneezing. Sometimes if I feel a sneeze coming yeah. and I can't and it doesn't come, I would do something to make myself sneeze. I tickle my nose here like with the tissue. To How do you do sneeze. that? Can you, you can take a me? tissue and like twist the end of it and then you just tickle your nose a little bit with it, so you like just the like, inside of it. So you just like barely touch the nose hair and then it yeah, triggers and then something? Yeah, it, it comes. Because you're excited and, and it just feels relieving that you get I to just, sneeze? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I've always enjoyed sneezing. 
Yeah, uh, like, do you want to do it multiple times? Is, 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 do no, you like I hate that? the multiple in a row. I'm like, I do, I do, I do. Because when I get allergy attacks, I get a couple of those a year where my allergies are just hitting me. And uh, I'll sneeze sometimes three, four times in a row. That I don't like. Yeah. I've got some scientific facts about sneezing. Okay. Let's go. Right now? You know, I think you know your heart when stops you for sneeze, On average, you're sneezing at 160 miles per hour. 160 wow. or 16? 60. Wow, that is fast. And do you know that if you were to sneeze, burp, and fart simultaneously, you could die? <laughs> Where did you learn this? Uh, I uh, went down a rabbit hole once, <laughs> one time. And uh, no, I need more explanation. Because, like, think think about in your thirty years of life, you're thirty. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever sneezed, burped, and farted at the same time? I feel that's like, what I'm laughing. I'm picturing that right now. What I mean, that looks like. I don't think. I don't think I've documented it, but I, I don't feel like it would be surprising if I have. Did you ever do that and then get really scared because you might die? No, and I, I, I don't I don't fear death. Um <laughs> but like today, like I successfully this is how talented I am. I successfully sneezed while going to the bathroom. And mm. let's just say <laughs> that my aim stayed on point. <laughs> okay, because you were using the urinal. Is that correct? No? I was in the toilet of the of our men's bathroom. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, you just don't want to say that you sneeze while you were peeing. Is that bad? No, I'm saying that like I was able to. Or like, were you oh, not peeing? And no, you're talking I, about no, a different aim. No, I was peeing. Because if you have if you have aim problems the other way, then that's just an entirely different. Yeah. Problem. No. No. I was peeing, and while you know one of those sneezes came up, and I got a little worried. I was like, man, you know, this, yeah. this could have kind of gotten out of control here, <laughs> and it was. Straight down the middle. Uh, d there's nothing more scary than when you have to sneeze while driving in traffic in the rain. Because you got to close your yeah, eyes. that's not good. No, it is really scary. I go 10 and 2 when I feel the sneeze come in. 10 and 2, I slow down. I've got my foot on the brakes. Because you have to close your eyes. Yeah. And I do know that scientific fact that if you try to sneeze and you're successful opening your eyes, it could pop out. Oh, that, that freaks me out. Have you ever heard of that before? No. Yeah. Look that up. We were talking about your kid's you science it? class. No, I'm not going to try it. Okay. Why would I want to try that? I don't want to try that. The eye stuff, I can't handle that. Like, I don't Yeah. That's, it, I don't know how people wear contacts. I don't know how people put some... You get used to it. I wear contacts. I see. I can't stand that. And did it bother you at first? Um. No, not really. Back in the day, though, I had to try hard contacts one time. Now, that's awful. Do you ever fall asleep with your contacts? Yeah. In? And is it a problem for you the next morning? Uh, no, not really. Um, you know, you can either do a little bit of eye drops. After a while, once you get up and start moving around and, you know, batting your eyes, creating that moisture, then they'll be okay. <laughs> All right. We're learning a lot about science here through the Garage Door Guru text line. <laughs> Panther Bo said, that's the worst death ever. Yeah, it's a bad one. <laughs> oh, how'd your uncle die? Oh, well, he burped, farted, and sneezed at the same time. Yeah. It was real bad. Oh, RIP. Uh, Copeland wrote in, if you sneeze without farting, you could die. If you don't sneeze and don't fart, you could die. If you say something that sounds like it and mean something but doesn't you could i have no clue where that tag that that's i should screen the text really before yeah, i just yeah, start yeah. and i apologize campus corner my deeks let's get to my deeks um real quickly though b money breakfast did say it's called a burp snort boys so we'll end on wow. that one that's burp the one snort. yeah he uh, yeah death by burp snort you can put it on somebody's tombstone your demon deacons they did escape appalachian state after they won at the buzzer wake forest would eventually win they are now eight and three on the season they win 67 to 66 
six. This wasn't even going to be a tie. This was going to be a straight loss until Wake Forest was able to win at the buzzer. What did you make of the Demon Deacons performance? Well, you know, it's a little bittersweet. You don't want to have to go to a last second shot to beat the Deeks, but Andrew Carr knocked down the shot. The Deeks have back-to-back six and O starts uh, the first time since. 2007-2008 season in the 08-09 when they went 12-0 and 8-0. So that's a nice little omen to start the season. You know, that was a nice last play. And App kind of, you know, messed themselves up because they threw an inbound out of bounds when uh, with a couple of seconds left where they really could have uh, given themselves a better chance to win the game. Uh, but as I said, Carr had 20 points. But Tyree Appleby, that was another thing. So we won, but we lost. Because Tyree Appleby had 15 points. He's had double figures in nine of the Wake's 11 games this season. But he went out of the game late, had to carry him off the court. So that was not good for them carrying him off with the ankle injury. As I said yesterday, I'm nervous about Wake being led by a small guard that does a lot of the heavy lifting. And so with him gone, Wake's going to be looking for answers uh, on offense. So Cam Hildreth and Andrew Carr are going to have to step up their game. Another stop we need to visit during the campus corner is announcing North Carolina's offensive coordinator hire. North Carolina has named 26-year veteran Chip Lindsey as its new offensive coordinator and quarterback coach during his lone season as OC at UCF. Central Florida, Lindsey guided an offense that ranked 26th nationally in scoring at 34, more than 34 points per game. They were 11th in total offense at 480 yards per game and they were eighth in rushing offense they were also uh, towards the top and a lot of other different accolades i'll go to you fitty what do you think about this new offensive coordinator hire in Let's go, fitty. uh it's it on the surface it's underwhelming because you have guys out there like garrett riley at tcu um I was a still big proponent of Graham Harrell's ability if he was given a quarterback talent like Drake May. When you dig at what Chip Lindsey has done, though, he, he has a he has a resume. Like he has coached good offense. He's mainly been at the group of five level. Like his offenses at Auburn. How much of that was him? How much of that was Gus Malzahn's influence on the scheme, play calling, etc.? But you know, it's it's going to be interesting because it, it appears that Drake May was someone involved in the discussions of who was becoming the new offensive coordinator which, which is, is odd which is crazy yeah i don't i don't believe in giving players the power at the college level oh, what about what about if drake may said if you don't get this higher right i'm leaving do you still allow him to just well, then not at that be a part rate, of just it? give him whatever the hell he wants uh, they should they should have done that you know during the season like yeah. all the nil money all the girls, like, whatever it takes to keep his ass in Chapel Hill, I'm here for it. Wait, Vinny, but you told me in the hallway you didn't like player empowerment. Yeah, but when it comes to my players, <laughs> yeah, that's right. then I'm really in favor then, of then it. Drake May gets to be the CEO of everything as, like, a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old. That's what Drake May gets to do if he gets to be involved with the OC hire. Any finishing thoughts on Chip Lindsey? I was more impressed with the offensive line coach hire yesterday of Randy Clements than I was this hire, and... It's going to be interesting to see what Tar Heel fo football looks like next year because his offense is more run-oriented. Drake May is a pass-first type of guy. Could be a philosophy change on the offensive side of the football coming to Chapel Hill. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about Steve Wilkes, the Carolina Panthers, their offensive line, and how good they've performed, how well they've performed this year. Doug Branson of Lockdown Hornets will join us at 120. And then it's fire fizzle to end out the hour. Join us next, Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Yeah. <laughs>
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.